Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1341. Today on Cars Yeah, we're celebrating the 7th annual Carmel Mission Classic that takes place on Wednesday, August 14th at the Carmel Mission in Carmel-by-the-Sea. All of this during the Monterey Pebble Beach Car Week. For more information, go to carmelmissionclassic.org. Good, better, best. Never let it rest until the good is better and the better is best. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special returning guest here on Cars Yeah, calling in from La Habra, California, Don Weberg. Hey, Don. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Buckled up and ready, Mark. Let's do it. All right. Really good to have you back, by the way. And I'll tell our longtime listeners, Don was one of the very early guests here on the show that helped me out when I was just starting Cars Yeah. I was very grateful for that. He was guest number 27 back in July of 2014. So you and I have come a long way, baby. Now you're guest number 1,341. My goodness, I've talked to a lot of people in between, but (laughs) we're going to have some fun kind of catching up with you and talking a little bit about your involvement with the uh, Carmel Mission Classic. So here we go. You're buckled up and ready, right? All set. Okay. Don Weberg is the editor, publisher, and founder of Garage Style Magazine, a quarterly published magazine and monthly digital newsletter devoted entirely to the lifestyle of automotive collectors and automotive enthusiasts. Sounds familiar. Featuring a number of decked-out garages every issue, Garage Style also highlights automotive collectibles, automobilia, petroliana, neon, porcelain, and various other items that enhance your garage and my garage, such as workbenches, tool chests, flooring, doors, and much, much more. Garage Style magazine aims to bring the community together and inspire homeowners, car guys, car gals, or not, to embrace, amplify, and enjoy what is normally the largest room in the house, your garage. Isn't that cool? An enthusiast his entire life, Don's enthusiasm for all things automotive shines through with each issue. So Don, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment and share a little bit more about your business, your magazine, and a very obvious passion you have for automobiles before I jump into my questions? Yeah, sure. You pretty well covered it front bumper to back bumper there. But thanks for having me back on the show. I appreciate that. And let me plug Garage Style uh, once again. It is a a labor of love to put this together. It's a quarterly magazine and probably the most exciting uh, growth that we've had has been our newsletter, which is, you know, ingeniously named Garage Garage Style Newsletter, which uh, I don't know how I got that name, but your daughter must have come up with that one, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was so clever. It was so, you know, we just had to do, hey, let's just call it newsletter. But, you know, as a print guy, you know, going way back to I mean, working on newspapers and magazines, et cetera, you know, I, it wasn't that I was averse to it. I knew it was something we had to embrace. But when it came to digital technology, I just thought, well, we'll get to it in a minute. We'll get to it in a minute. We'll get to it in a minute. And we finally got to that minute. We finally started the newsletter, and it had just been on fire. We'd gone from uh, roughly... I don't know, 600 or 700 original subscribers. And it, I think it's probably kissing 15,000 now, and it's just over a year old. It has, it really hit the turbo boost and, you know, blasted to the walls. And 
the beauty of it is one has been promoting the other. You know, if you know about the magazine, then you learn about the newsletter. Or if you know about the newsletter, then you learn about the magazine. Each one feeds the other. But, you know, you hit on it with my intro there, um, season of passion for car guys and gals or not. And that's been part of an interesting thing running Garage Dow. I mean, we started it just as an idea you know, let's show each other what we're doing with our garages. And that was where it came from. And what's been interesting for me, being a car guy, I thought, oh, car guys, car guys, car guys, that's what this is going to be all about. And it's very, very interesting that probably probably a full quarter, probably 25% of our subscribers are not exactly car guys. They're what we call temporary subscribers, usually. They subscribe for a year, maybe two years, maybe three years. And all they want is to get different ideas of what they can do for their garage, even though they might not deck it out with, you know, neon and petroleum and all the fun stuff that we like. They just want to learn, how do I get a ceiling and some good lighting in here? You know, how, what do buyers of homes want? And that's what they're interested in. They want to know, how do I increase the value of my home? How do I increase the appeal of it? And so that's been a lot of fun learning that curve of, okay, I can't, always car talk i've got to be able to you know go into a little bit of a more mature voice and talk about home ownership and real estate value and that you know that's been kind of a learning curve you know this is interesting to me because i think back to been married 35 years now and about two years into our marriage my wife and i were looking to buy our first house and we were living down in southern california and looking in the del mar area and we we're going into some of these new housing tracks And the first place I went to look was the garage. Well, all these new model homes, the garage was basically a staging area for all the junk and stuff that didn't, you know, got unpacked for the house. And I kept asking these salespeople, well, how come the garage is like a mess? They go, well, how important is the garage? And I go, it's like the most important room for me. It's just like the kitchen for my wife is the garage is for me. And one of the salespeople actually said, I'd like you to talk to somebody in our development department and i talked to them i said why don't you deck out a garage because look the wife and the husband are making decisions here the garage is usually the only room that the wife lets them decorate (laughs) you know go in the garage and hang your posters out there don't mess with my house and they actually started doing that in some of their houses and i talked to them later and they said this closed a lot of deals much quicker is by treating that garage as an extension to the house even for women who weren't into cars. Now, I'm being a little sexist here, but let's say men weren't into cars, but they had a craft or something. That garage was the craft room. Right. And so they realized that's in a really important room in the house, and it's a huge amount of square footage, especially for a smaller home. We had a two-car garage, and we had a 1,400-square-foot house. So that garage was a big percentage of the overall house, and, of course, it was important in So, uh, yeah, it's uh, very interesting. Well, we're going to learn a lot more about Garage Style, about you. We're going to talk a little bit about the Carmel Mission Classic Car Show. But first, as we continue on your journey, and if you can remember way back to 2014 in July, I asked you a question about a success quote or some kind of a mantra, something that is important to you that has helped you get to where you want to take in life or be in life, I should say. So it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on cars. Yeah, so Don, take the wheel. Okay, yeah, I do remember you asking me that. And there's, you know, there's one, I'm going to be kind of boring because I know I used it back in 2014, and it stuck with me since I was in uh, high school. It was my high school principal, and it was uh, good, better, best. Never let it rest until the good is better and the better is best. 
And it's a little bit of a tongue twister. And but it's always kind of stuck with me. And it, it's a little bit hyperbole. But my thought is, yeah, you know, if you are, I forget who said it, I, I really do. But somebody once said anything worth doing at all is worth doing well. And I really do forget who said that. But that was also a great quote. But if you look at the two of them, they kind of go hand in hand, you know, good, better, best, never let it rest, tell the good, better and the better's best. It basically tells you just keep going, keep aspiring until you can do you can produce the best that you can. And, you know, it's like another one, what is it, reach for the moon, even if you miss, you'll land among the stars. And that's not a bad place to be either. But, you know, as a writer, I mean, boil me down to my core element. I've been writing since I was, oh my God, five years old, something like that. I'm I, you know, old enough to move a pen around on a piece of paper. Quotes have always been a huge part of my life. And, and it's, it's very, very interesting. Starting a business, uh, you get a little bit more surrounded by business people and their quotes, et cetera. And you start reading different things. And you know, one of them that I read is very interesting. We took a trip to Japan recently and their culture, their way of life, et cetera, really, really impressed me. Very, very inspiring people. And it was really funny. I, that night we were in Japan and I just got on the phone and started looking up quotes, just, you know, whatever, just read some quotes, see what people had to say back when they had to say them. And I came across a Japanese proverb and it was, fall seven times and stand up eight. And I thought, that's pretty good. Fall seven times and stand up eight. Because, you know, think about that back to the cowboy days. I mean, how many times do you hear in the cowboy movies, you know, you're going to fall off the horse, you know, dust yourself off, get back up on the horse. You know, it's kind of the same thing. And then Walt Disney uh, had many, many great ones. But one of my favorite ones is the way to get started is to quit talking and begin doing and I think we all know people who talk, 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 talk about great things. They have great ideas. They have wonderful ideas. But they either want to latch on to somebody else and have them do it, or they just don't do it at all. And so that one was always good. And then another great one from John Rockefeller Jr., the secret of success is to do the common thing uncommonly well. And, you know, I think the Walt Disney one, the Japanese proverb and the Rockefeller quote, for me especially, they kind of tie hand in hand because, as you know, starting a business, I mean, good Lord, you know, you're going to fall a lot and you've got to be able to get yourself up. So there's the Japanese one, fall seven times, stand up eight. And, you know, I'm sure they didn't say it, but they meant it. If you fall eight times, stand up nine, you know, just keep going until you know, you get to where you want to go. But then tie that in with Walt Disney, the way he started is to quit talking and start doing. And, you know, absolutely the journey of a thousand steps begin or a thousand miles begin with one step, same thing. And then the secret uh, of success, do the common thing uncommonly well. Well, we're making a magazine. I mean, that's pretty common. If you visited your local bookstore, you'll see miles and miles and miles of magazines and we're not doing anything, you know, earth shattering here, but we're trying to do it uncommonly well. We're trying to give people something different. We're the only magazine, as far as I know, covering anything to do with garages. And the quality of the paper, the quarterly uh, output, our work with Concours, we're trying to do it uncommonly well. So so I think those three are the ones that really, four if you include my principal. <laughs> yeah, I think you gave us five or six there, actually. So you're on a roll. So no, they're all Sorry. great. I love the philosophy behind all of it. And it's, it's fantastic. Well, tell me a story that instigated your personal passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were going to be a car guy? No. No, it's literally. <laughs> See, it's the yes and no answers aren't allowed on cars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, next question. <laughs> yeah, next question. Yeah, no answer for you, soup Nazi. <laughs> no answer for you. <laughs> 
No, it's in the DNA. I mean, my mom and her family were definitely car people, and my mom used to race cars quite a bit. My dad was a hot rodder. He used to race cars. He also built uh, very fast boats back in the day, and it was just in the DNA. Both of my sisters like cars, but they're not, you know, they're not inundated by it like I am. It's not an addiction. It's not a drug. It's not a way of life. You know, to me, it's like my right arm. I've got to have my right arm, and I've got to have my cars, and uh, (laughs) it's just the way it is. So no, there's no pivotal moment, but it was interesting that my mom, years, 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 years ago, I think it was a school project, we had to come up with what was our first word, and my mom said my first word was cracker, and that makes sense, because one of my favorite snacks, it's a saltine cracker. I just, I love them. <laughs> yeah, so I still love those things, so that made sense to me, and then my mom chuckled, and she said, you know, the second word was Camaro. Now, that's a hard word for a little baby to say, Camaro. Yeah, I didn't pronounce it right. She said it was pronounced really, really badly, but she said, you know, we both knew, no, he's trying to say Camaro. (laughs) And so that, you know, when they heard that, they just thought, oh, no, here we go. Here we go. It's begun. That's good. Well, not a bad thing. Camaros and crackers, not a bad thing. (laughs) That's funny. I want you to share with me a big challenge in your life or your career, or maybe even a big failure. You talk about falling down uh, seven times getting up the eighth or eight times up the ninth or whatever it might be. But the most important part of this story not only is what happened, but also how did you come out of that and move forward in a good way? And what was that valuable lesson learned? Uh, You mean to the business or just in life in general? Could be anything you want to talk about. The main thing behind this question has to do with the fact that everybody's struggling with something you look around social media these days, everybody's life looked perfect, right? Well, they're not. Everybody has something they're struggling with. Everybody's failed. If you haven't, you're not trying hard enough. So I want you to walk us through one of those that you got yourself into or happened to you, whatever it might be. But to more importantly, uh, how did you come out of that in a positive light? Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of them, challenges, a lot of failures. Uh, we've all been through them. I think, I mean, if I can get a little personal here, I think the three. Absolutely. Yeah, I think the three that stick out the most, and they all happen kind of in rapid fire succession. It was like one right after the other. I got married, and now, wait a then minute. we started the business. You better stop because you're going to get yourself in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> you're still married, right? <laughs> I know you I'm are. Still but married. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Challenge or failure? Yeah. I got married. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know how it is. You know, when you're dating, it's different. And even when you're dating and you know you're going to get married, it's still different. It's still, you know, you don't realize the ball of wax or the set of rules that you're getting into when you open that door. And or at least I didn't. You know, I I guess I have sort of a thing of go do stuff. You know, certainly, you know, like, like Disney said, you know, quit talking and start beginning or begin doing. And I have no problem with that. I just try not to look at stuff as, you know, Am I going to fail? Am I going to succeed? And that's easy to do, but you get wrapped up in that and it's paralysis by analysis. You're just going to end up stopping yourself. So you've got to kind of get around that. And I think my kind of philosophy is, you know, I don't surf. I know you do. I've never surfed. Well, I did. My surfing days are behind me, but yeah, I (laughs) I grew up surfing. I'm so far from the ocean now that two and a half hour drive to the ocean up here in the Pacific Northwest and then the freezing cold water full of sharks kind of dissipated after growing up in Southern California where La La Land, where you live, is pretty idyllic. So 
<laughs> yeah, well, uh, one of my best friends, he's a diehard surfer. He's been doing it, you know, since forever. And he has a little, you know, watching him is really, really interesting because I realize, you know, when he's out there on that wave, there's nothing he can do. And the only thing he can do is do his best to keep that surfboard balanced or whatever you call it on the wave and keep it on the wave. And you're going to fall, period. That's how it ends. You're going to fall. And you got to be okay with that, you know. And it, I'm not saying the marriage was, you know, a certain thing when I fell, but it definitely was something I wasn't quite aware of. I wasn't quite, you know, I don't know. It's just the expectations are different. The, the rules are different. And, of course, you couple with that, then we started a business. We started Grassdale Magazine. And uh, that, holy cow, that was, you know, getting married was kind of easy compared to starting a business because, you know, you go into it and you think, well, why am I starting this business? Well, because I have an idea. And I know this business. I know this industry. I think I'm going to be okay in it. And then you go. You know, you start taking those steps, you know, toward your 1,000-mile journey. And you, wow, you meet the sharks, as you say, in the Pacific Northwest, uh, you meet those sharks and then you suddenly see the pitfalls that you get yourself into because, uh oh, you didn't know something and you can't beat yourself up too hard for that. And it's easy to do. It's easy to beat yourself up for that, but you can't, you know, you, you've got to know that you don't know everything, you know, so I don't know if this is answering your question or not, but it definitely having the kid getting married and starting a business, that was probably the three biggest ones that I've had so far. Well, you know, they say in life, some of the biggest challenges in life will be changing careers, moving to a new place, having children, and of course, marriage and or divorce. Those are some biggies that can cause some real internal strife and some challenges and so forth that you have to find a way to get over. And I think by taking some of the philosophies that you shared at the beginning of our talk here with mantras and inspirational quotes can help you get through all of those things. Obviously, it's worked for you because you're still married. You still have your business. You still have your child. And things seem to be going along. Things aren't easy all the time, certainly when you have your own business and it's a moving tide. But it sounds like you figured it all out. Well, I don't know about figuring it all out. I think that's part of the journey. You know, you're going to run into pitfalls, but you do. You're going to run into pitfalls. You're going to run into negativity. You're going to run into personalities that you know, either help you or hurt you, you know, however you want to look at it. But I think and it, it's really a hard pill to swallow. But I think even the ones who try to hurt you, even the experiences that did hurt you or whatever, did you wrong, however you want to say it, ultimately, you're going to grow from that. And that is a life lesson. As long as you look at it that way, you can't look at it as, you know, oh, I failed and I'm miserable. And, you know, somewhere on Facebook, you know me, I'm on Facebook 24-7 possibly. And somewhere on Facebook, there's a great little meme and it's hysterical because it says the life of an entrepreneur. And it, it's a, what do they call it? It's not a bar graph. It looks like the Rocky Mountains. You know, I'm talking about the line that goes up and down and up and down. Yeah, it starts out really low and it says, I'm going to start a business. And it goes way up and it says, I'm the boss, you know, and then it drops down and says, I'm so stupid. I know. Yeah. And then it goes up, but then it goes down. And they go, you know, and it's funny because that is so very true. And all those emotions, you know, you do go through those things and you do feel them. And what's funny is if you take a step back, be it an entrepreneur or not an entrepreneur, whoever you are, if you take a step back and you look at that chart, you look at that graph. And you realize, you know, yeah, one minute you're the boss, next minute you're, you know, what's that country song? Uh, one minute you're the windshield, next minute you're the bug. 
And, you know, it's true. And it doesn't matter. Like I say, you run your own business or you work for somebody else or you're a student or whatever your life position is, you're going to have those moments. And, you know, if you can learn from them, terrific. But it's up to you to learn from them. And I think that's what I always try to do with challenges and failures is, yeah, I might fly off the handle over a failure. I might fly off the handle over, God, now I got to do this again. And, you know, something crazy comes up. But, okay, we've flown off the handle. We've got it out of our system. How do we move on? We've got to get around this obstacle. How do we do it? You know, I mean, the biggest, I don't know how long you want me to keep rambling about this, but the biggest obstacle I've had, believe it or not, in magazine business is distribution. Distribution has been just a monster of a, I don't want to say a problem, but it is kind of a problem in the magazine industry. And it slowly, slowly seems to be straightening itself out. But, oh, boy, is it. And it's constant. It's always there. It's always a problem. Every single magazine we put out, we have to have a toe-to-toe with the distributor. Then it ends up ultimately with a toe-to-toe with the wholesaler and uh, or wholesalers in, in, in cases. You know, and how do you overcome it? Well, negotiation. Think you went through. Yeah, I understand. I was in that business for a long time, so I get it. Well, let's step out of that world and have a little bit of fun and talk about your first special vehicle and maybe a memory you have about that ride. Oh, dear. (laughs) Uh, They were all pretty special. And, you know, like you, I've had quite a few of them. That's why I say the first one. Yeah. The first, God, okay, well, the first one that uh, was really mine, according to the family, was a 65 Mustang that my father bought at an equipment auction. And nobody really quite knew what he was going to do with it. He told tales of this, that, and the other, but, you know, it really never got done. So one day I told him I wanted the car, and he set up a deal, and I was able to get the car, and I started taking the car apart. I was going to restore it. I had no idea what I was doing. I had no clue. I just knew that I had toolboxes. I was 14 years old, and by golly, nobody was going to stop me. So I just started taking the whole front end of the car off, all the fenders, all the bumpers. I mean, just everything started coming off. My dad, I'll never forget, I remember seeing him watching me from the back door as the car sat in the backyard and I'm taking it apart. And I remember watching him thinking, he's going to come out here and help me, isn't he? And I remember it being a 50-50 thing. 50% of me said, I don't want him to come out here and help me. I'm going to do it myself. The other 50% said, no, stupid. We need him to come out here and help us because we don't know what we're doing, you know? And what was sad and scary was he turned, I remember he turned around from the door and walked back in the house. He didn't say anything. He just, you know, wasn't mean or anything. He just turned around and walked back in the house. And I do remember the other side of me winning because my heart sunk. I thought, oh my gosh, I've got most of this car apart and I don't know what to do with it. So ultimately we did tea. My mom, they owned a, a machine shop construction company and we ended up dragging it over to the shop over there and, you know, kind of a family effort, restored it and brought it back. I've still got the car. We're now 35 years together that we've had that car. Wow. Well, then I don't need to ask you a seller's remorse story because you were smart. You kept that car. Yeah, I kept that one. Yeah, but I do have a lot of seller's remorse. I mean, it's (laughs) kind of funny because... Yeah, you said the first one, so I told you about the first one, so there you go. But, uh, you know, I think we all have a lot of seller's remorse. Yeah, yeah, there always is one. Well, I want to talk about what has you excited and fired up today. I want you to share a little more with the listeners about Garage Style Magazine and uh, what they can expect when they subscribe and get your magazine in the mail like I do and enjoy it. Oh, terrific. Thank you. Yeah, Garage Style, it's a quarterly. We try our very best to make sure it comes out in 
what is it, February, May, August, and November. Those are the delivery months. And we're not always successful, but we do try our best. So that's something you can expect is, you know, kind of a fly-by-night delivery system. But beyond that, what we try to bring everybody are ideas of what you can do with your garage, how you can decorate it, how you can enjoy it. You know, we've got a lot of car guys out there who, you know, just being a car guy, you naturally make the garage your place. And so it doesn't matter if you have tires hanging from the ceiling and fan belts are on the wall and it doesn't matter. You put that together. That's an organic garage. That thing came together all by itself through the years of people working on the cars, doing stuff, and it, it just came together naturally. Then you have the garages that are really well planned out. You know, they got the neon, they've got the beautiful floors, they got the lighting, they got benches, they've you know, they've got all this crazy stuff. And what we try to do is just show people, you know, you don't have to be a billionaire or even a millionaire to have a great garage. You can be an average Joe or have a great garage. In fact, one of my most interesting subscribers, believe it or not, is a uh, college janitor. And yeah, he works at a community college. He's, I think they call them environmental technicians now. And, but he's responsible for all kinds of different stuff. He's very mechanical. He's, you know, he knows his way around electrical stuff, plumbing stuff, et cetera. So he's very good at it. And he's got a basic, you know, two car detached garage, which is pretty rare here in California, but he's got a detached garage. And it, to me, is one of the most fascinating garages I've ever seen. It is one of the organic ones. It it came together over time, over years of him doing stuff. And he won't let us photograph it. He doesn't want to feature it because he's afraid of privacy stuff. And he, he also, and this is something I'm always, you know, you talked about challenges. This is something that I'm always challenged with at Garage Style is guys like him, they see a lot of the you know, let's face it, a lot of the garages we publish are pretty high end for the most part. And he said it very well. I don't feel like I can compete with those guys. And I'm always having to lay down that, you know, it's not a competition. You know, the garage is the one area where I've seen, I mean, let's face it, talk about Democrats, Republicans, whatever you want to do. Well, let's talk about Ford and Chevy guys. Let's talk about Ferrari and Lamborghini guys. Let's talk about Porsche and Corvette guys. There's a rivalry there. You know, it's a brotherhood, but it's a rivalry. The garage is the one place I've always seen, and I brought them together. I don't know if you've been on our garage tour up in Monterey during Car Week, but I bring these guys together, these subscribers, and they are. They're the Ferrari guys, they're the Porsche guys, the Corvette guys, the Lamborghini guys. They all come together, and there's no real rivalry. It's more they realize this is Switzerland. This is neutral territory. This is where we talk about what we love about our cars. And for a moment, you can show that little bit of humility where – you know, the Lamborghini guy tells the Ferrari guy, you know, I'm not much for Ferrari. I never really had them. But I'll tell you something. When they did the such and such, they knocked it out of the park. That was great. And, you know, the next thing you know, you're forging a friendship. You know, you, you guys might not agree on the cars, but you're forging a friendship. And I, I think that is, I mean, I think that's really necessary, period. I think people need that connection. And what's more fun for me is getting guys who maybe aren't car guys, and, you know, like I said earlier in the conversation, we get a lot of subscribers who they're not car guys. They just want ideas on how to improve the value and how to improve the aesthetics, how to improve the usage of their garage. And it's fun watching those guys slowly, sometimes, not always, but sometimes they start to get interested in cars, you know, because they're around them through the magazine or they're, you know, they're looking for this, they're looking for this. Well, if you want to improve your garage, the best place to go is to a car guy because they're always in the garage. They, they have all the ideas. I mean, one of the best garages we ever saw, and in fact, we shot it. It was on our cover. 
beautiful garage. It started life as a two-car garage, and the gentleman, he pressed out the left side of the garage so it would hold two cars in tandem. So it looks kind of like an L from above. And the reason I love that garage, that that garage was the original part of the garage that built something, God, it was like 1923 or 1924, so it was very, very small. And here he is. He's got a Lamborghini Diablo and a uh, Ferrari... 612, I think is what model that is. They're both very, very, very wide vehicles. And, you know, the Lamborghini is a lot easier to negotiate because the door goes straight up. It doesn't open out. But, you know, when any of the cars in there, it's a little harder to difficult. Well, harder to navigate. But he hired a decorator, believe it or not, to put that garage together. And it was really interesting what that guy did because he realized the owner of the garage he doesn't wash or wax his cars. He doesn't work on his cars. He doesn't want to do anything with his cars, but look at them, enjoy them, drive them. That's all he wants to do. So why do we need a workbench? Why do we need a toolbox? And I cannot tell you how many garages I've photographed that are wall to wall with workbenches and drawers and toolboxes. And guess what? They're empty. There's nothing in them. But they got socialized in the idea of, okay, I've got to have a black and white tile floor and I have to have workbenches. No, you don't. This guy, he put up uh, padded vinyl walls because the garage is so small. If you open a door, you don't want it to hit the wall. So if it's going to hit the wall, make sure the wall is padded. I mean, it was a brilliant idea. Brilliant idea, you know. So, yeah, what can readers expect? It's hard to say because every issue is just a little bit different than the last one. It is very grassroots, but we try to give it a lot of professionalism to the paper, to the writing, to the photography. And every month we have the, uh, actually twice a month, we have the newsletter going out electronically. So that kind of keeps people uh, looking forward to the next issue. Absolutely. Very, very cool. Love it. And let's touch base real quickly also on the Mission Classic Concours event. The past guests here, Frank DiPaola and Rich Pepe, they both have been guests here on Cars Yeah. This event takes place during Car Week, Monterey Car Week in August. It's going to be the 14th this year. It's a wonderful event. And it's the only car event I've ever been to that's a, an actual mission, which is pretty cool. Now, you've been involved since day one. So let our listeners know why this should be part of what they should attend during Car Week. Or even if they go and they can't go to Pebble or they're not going to be around for the historic races, but they can stop in and see the Mission Classic midweek. Yeah, the Mission Classic, you're right. I have been involved with it since day one. Frank is a great car guy, diehard Chevy guy. He loves his Chevys, Corvettes especially. But he's got a garage that'll knock your socks off. I mean, this thing is just like it's just like an arcade. You walk in, there's lights and posters and noises. I mean, it, it's just crazy in there. It's just fantastic. But yeah, he and Rich Pepe's out of New York, and he was out visiting uh, Frank one year, and they were at church at the uh, Carmel Mission. And like most missions, this, the Carmel Mission has a substantial courtyard, beautiful courtyard. And of course, that, that mission is just about 400 years old. So it's really, really impressive. And I guess it was Rich who fired the first shot, which was, you know, you guys should have a car show here. And I understand that's that was the kickoff. And Frank grabbed the ball and ran with it. And yeah, it. and I'm not saying this because Frank and Rich are friends saying it because it's genuinely in my heart is true. It, I see it as pretty much one of the top three events that go on up there every year. And, you know, it's one of the, when they first started it, I think the first show hosted, I want to say it was 60 cars, 50 cars, which is pretty small in comparison to so many things going on during car week up there. But 
when you get there and you hear harp music, I mean, literally, they had a harpist sitting in the middle of the courtyard playing harp music. And you think, what? what? What are these guys smoking? Why are they a harp? Come on, who does a harp? But then you see all the wineries are there, the vendors are there, and the cars that come are absolutely top-notch. They're absolutely incredible, incredible cars. And what I loved about it most was it's so laid back. You know, you don't have to park your car five miles away, get on the bus, ride the bus, where's your ticket? It's none of that. It's literally you park your car across the street on, what is it, Rio Road, I think it's called. And, yeah, you walk across the street, you show your ticket, and you're in with a glass. And so why do I have this glass? Oh, because there's seven or eight wineries here that are giving you, you know, free samples. You're going to be getting ripped up, you know. But it's just fun. It's relaxed. It's not, you know, it's not a party. It's not a concourse. It's not snobby. It's just a bunch of people getting together, enjoying the cars. And then, uh, you know, kind of the interesting part about it, they have an actual, I don't know if it's a priest or a bishop or who he is, but he comes out with the holy water and everything and starts blessing the cars, literally saying a prayer, blessing the cars. And then, so that's really fun. That's kind of a neat little, you know, difference uh, that they do there. So, yeah, the Carmel Mission Classic, definitely, if you haven't done it, you should do it. It doesn't cost a heck of a lot to get it. And I think it's $60 is the ticket price now. So it's, it's pretty darn low compared to most of the events that week. So, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And like I say, you get your wine glass, you get your, you know, seven wineries, whatever it is, and uh, and all those wonderful cars. Plus the history of the mission. You can walk through the mission, and it really is a fascinating event. It really, really is. Absolutely. I want to remind our listeners, if you want to subscribe, you go to garagestylemagazine.com. Check it out. You can go to the Mission Classic, carmelmissionclassic.org. Check it out. So we hope to see you there. Don and I will be at that car show in just a couple weeks. All right, Don, up next is the last lap. Before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right, 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom-patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, Thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at carsyeah.com. Hey, Mark Green here from Cars Yeah! Did you know you can now see me? 
on the Cars Yeah! TV show. It's a weekly visit to some of my past Cars Yeah! podcast guests, and I take you along for the ride. You go behind the garage door and into their lives, their businesses, and you get to see what makes them successful. With tens of millions of viewers, Cars Yeah! TV is making its mark. Cars Yeah! TV is available on Mav TV and Lucas Oil Racing TV. You'll find Mav TV on Direct TV, Fubo TV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through Lucas Oil Racing Television online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. All right, Don, uh, here's a bit of an introspective question for you. If you were a vehicle, if you woke up tomorrow and you were a car, what would Don be and why? <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. I think, you know, shot in the dark, and I don't want to sound you know, too much here, but I don't know, Maserati Quattroforte, a little rough on the edges, not really well known, kind of out there, you know, out of the mainstream, but really trying to deliver a quality product, really trying to be the best that they can, a lot of competition around it. Yeah. So maybe that's a bit of hyperbole again, but yeah. I like it. Well, we're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some quick blips of that Maserati throttle. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Or I'll ask you this question. What's the best garage advice you've ever received? Ah, garage advice is much easier for me to answer. If you're going to redo the garage, and I encourage that because you have to embrace the garage, one of the first things you should do, the best way to start, is the floor. Pull everything out of the garage, get it organized, get it sorted, get it donated, get it given away, whatever you're going to do, and do that floor. Because once you get the floor down, the rest of it kind of winds itself around it and get your floors, get your lighting so you can see everything going on. I think that's the best advice. There you go. Yeah, perfect. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your successes over the years? Yeah, maybe a little bit of ADD. You know, I'm just, it's just constant, you know, check this, check this, check this, check this. And, uh, you know, and even then, I mean, I get the magazine from the printer and I'm like, really? really i messed up on this i can't believe it and then i go into that yeah that's where the chart starts to go down and you realize what a failure you are you know but yeah it's probably just a little bit of add there you go how about a resource is there one that you'd like to share with our listeners that you find compelling interesting as bad as it sounds i love google i think i even said that on your last show i was with you because i still do i still absolutely love google i love wikipedia that's another great place to find stuff and yeah Okay, that's good. No, they're good resources. If I could arrange for you to sit down and have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that be? Maybe it's because we just lost him. But yeah, I wish we could spend more time with Lee Iacocca. Yeah, yeah. I wish mm-hmm. I could have gotten on, on this show as well. I did try in the early years. Difficult for me to get to him back when I was a nobody. <laughs> but now I'm a little <laughs> bit of a somebody, trying to be somebody. But yeah, he'd be great for sure. How about a book? Is there a book you've read that you think our listeners would enjoy reading? You know, it's funny. Uh, as you know, I'm a big DeLorean guy. And actually, it was Rich Pepe. He just sent me a book called Grand Delusions. And it was the story about John DeLorean. So I'm just starting to dig into that one. So I'll let you know how that goes. Very cool. Yeah, I haven't heard of that book. So we'll have to put a link to that book on Don's show notes page so that you can get your hands on that and read it. I know you love DeLoreans. And uh, I'll remind our listeners you can find all these resources on Don's show notes page. You can also go back and listen to 
Don and I, in my first early shows, as show number 27, don't listen to me too carefully because I was still trying to wind my way around. He was doing much better than I was. But thanks to Don and all the great guests here, I've been able to get up to guest number 1,341. So I appreciate that to you and all my listeners and all my guests. All right, Don, we're up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet. Doesn't matter which one it is. But I'm going to buy it for you. But there's some rules to this little gig here. You can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with. You have to drive it. And it's the only cool collector car you can have parked in your garage. So what's it going to be? Okay, now I know on the last show I told you DeLorean. So I don't yep. want to be boring about that and just say DeLorean okay. again. I'm hoping you've, yeah, you've evolved a little bit and gotten a little more mature <laughs> maybe. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. I'm going to go right back to it. Uh, Maserati Quattroporte. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That car has been kind of nipping at me here the last year. Or so I, I really, my dad liked Quattroporte, so he kind of got me into them. And then I'm looking at these latest, uh, you know, for the last 10 years or whatever, they've been building them. And I just, my God, they're gorgeous. They're just, you know, and yet they're so in the shadow of so many other, you know, high-end performance luxury cars. And yet people just look right over them. And yeah, I think that would be, even though it's kind of a new classic, I guess, I yeah, I think that'd be the one. You'd like that? What color would you like yours to be? Burgundy. Burgundy. Okay. Well, that would yeah, be a little yeah. different, too. So you're a unique guy. I can see that. So <laughs> driving a unique and a uh, little off-the-grid car. So very nice. So I'll get to work on that. Maybe I'll bring that down and drive you to the Mission Classic, which would be pretty cool, the Carmel Mission Classic. I'll remind listeners that you can get your hands on Garage Style Magazine by going to garagestylemagazine.com. Go online, you subscribe. I think you'll really love this magazine. You'll find a lot of cool things in it, like I do when it comes out every quarter. Also, make sure you subscribe to their newsletter. And you can learn more about the Carmel Mission Classic at carmelmissionclassic.org. And you'll find Don and I there on August 14th, uh, where we'll be having some fun there at the Mission. Don, thanks for coming back to Cars Yeah, so good. I know we've talked many times since then, but thanks for coming back and sharing your stories with my listeners again. I really, really appreciate it. Remember, folks, you can attend the 7th Annual Carmel Mission Classic (laughs) with Don and I, which is August 14th at the Carmel Mission Inn, so go check it out. Hey, Don, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your experiences in life with me. So good to catch up with you. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road or at the Carmel Mission Classic. You got it. Thanks very much, Mark. It was great being back. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified. And he's a car guy, too. Learn more at chrisvkimball.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member Finra Sipic. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up. 
a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! 